Today's episode is brought to you by Yelp, whose mission is to connect people with great local businesses. They're also helping me connect with you, which is totally awesome. Now here we go. And when a restaurant perfectly comes together in the front and the back of the house and everything is humming along at maximum level, it is pure poetry in motion. And believe me, you want to be a part of that. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the future of the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. On today's show, we chat with Jeff Smith and Jill Sanson of JS2 in Los Angeles, one of the premier hospitality public relations firms, repping everyone from Starbucks to famed restaurant Juniper and Ivy. What guests love most, whether they realize it or not, are the stories we're telling within the four walls of our restaurants. But how does that story translate outside of those walls? And what story should we be telling post-pandemic? We cover all of that and much more with the JS2 team today. But first, let's begin at the beginning, when Jeff and Joe first got together. That was 25 years ago in 1995. I went into business with a friend of mine in New York, David Kratz, who had started his PR firm a few years earlier by opening Gotham Barn Grill, which was Alfred Portali's first restaurant in the city. And I joined the firm as a partner and opened an LA office with the intention of leveraging David's relationship with Starbucks. And at the time, his was the agency of record, but was then a very little known brand, believe it or not, if you can think back to the day when Starbucks wasn't on the tip of everyone's tongue. Um, this is when David signed them as the agency of record and they needed support in Southern California. And the intention was that I could support the market by opening an office in LA. So David had met Jill previously through Jill's sister, Karen Kaplan. Um, she was then the senior editor at Bon Appetit. And he suggested that Jill and I meet and talk about her coming on board with us in LA. So we met back in 1995 at Cabo Soleil in the Toluca lake section of LA in the spring and Jill came in and she was seven months pregnant with her son Sam. Um, We had lunch, we hit it off immediately. Jill had her own agency at the time and we agreed that if I took on and serviced her restaurant clients while she was on maternity maternity leave, she'd come to work with me when she returned um, to working full time. And uh, that's what happened. She came back and over the next five years, we built the LA office and we opened an office in San Francisco. And then in 2000, David and I and another partner in New York, Paul Jensen, sold the firm to Vivendi in Paris and Havas Advertising in Europe. And a year later, Jill and I left and started JSTPR. Um, It was definitely a win-win. We never looked back. What year was that? 1995. Right on. And what, what's the secret sauce to the relationship, Jeff? Why, why do you think you guys work so well together? I think we're really complimentary toward one another. I think that, you know, Jill comes with a really deep expertise in restaurants, having worked front of the house, back of the house. She was on the team that opened the first Border Grill in Los Angeles on Melrose Avenue. She worked at the Quilted Giraffe in New York City while she was in graduate school. And she has a really deep knowledge of wine, not to mention her experience in public relations, starting with Frida, 
the woman who introduced the Kiwi to America. And so she comes with a really deep experience, understanding of and passion for the restaurant business. And, um, you know, I sort of, you know, I'm the yin to your her yang in the sense that I, I'm more focused on operations and HR accounts receivable and payable and branding for us. So it's a, it's a great relationship. And Jill, why do you love Jeff? Oh, for so many reasons. Um, Jeff is process oriented. He is intelligent, he's focused, and he's a fantastic communicator. And he can see the big picture on everything, and he never takes anything personally, unlike me, who as much as I try, I take everything personally, <laughs> um, unfortunately. He has a fantastic amount of confidence, and he's a true leader. And why hospitality PR? Well, <clears throat> I have always said that my favorite job in the world was being a server in a restaurant. And to this day, I have a strong dream of owning a trattoria on the sea in Italy, where I work in the restaurant and I live upstairs. Maybe someday. You never know. And as Jeff said, I've worked in all kinds of restaurants, from a Greek coffee shop on Astor Place in New York City, which is now a Starbucks, to Barry Wines, the casual quilted craft in New York City on Madison Avenue, uh, where I was a captain in a psalm. And I was the manager, as Jeff said, at the original Border Grill on Melrose Avenue in Los Angeles, uh, where we did 160 covers a night or four turns in a 40-seat restaurant with the tiniest of kitchens. And it was completely and totally electric. There's something about the camaraderie and the energy of a bustling restaurant. And as a former actress, I can tell you, it's like live theater in every shift. Everyone has a part to play. And if just one character lets you down, the restaurant won't work as it should. And when a restaurant perfectly comes together in the front and the back of the house and everything is humming along at maximum level, it is pure poetry in motion. And believe me, you want to be a part of that. Restaurant people are the hardest working, most resilient and profoundly generous people that I've ever met in my life. And for me, working with chefs and operators to communicate their individual stories and their amazing visions, it's an honor and a privilege. You've worked with so many successful chefs in restaurants and the, the failure rate in this industry is incredibly high. What do, what do you think in your like professional opinion differentiates the winners from everyone else in the industry? Yeah, what makes a restaurant successful or, or pop? That's the million dollar question, right? Everybody is always asking me, why this restaurant and not that restaurant? What's the secret sauce? And you know, it's a very difficult question to answer, um, but I can tell you that every restaurant with whom we've worked that has been wildly successful understands who they are in the marketplace. They're not trying to be all things to all people. They know what they're good at, who their customers are or will be, and they all have a really interesting story to tell. Food is deeply, deeply personal and we all have an intimate relationship with it on some level. We have specific food memories that drive our relationship with restaurants, whether fast, casual, or destination. So when we choose to eat somewhere, or when we choose to eat something, our decision myriad of reasons. Chefs and operators who intimately understand uh, the interconnectivity between food, service, comfort, excitement, and overall experience are more likely to succeed. Also, I've seen too, too many restaurants and concepts fail because of bad business practices. 
So you can be the best chef in the world or have the most brilliant vision, but if you cannot control your P&L, you will fail. The margins in a restaurant are just too small and you must be smart about everything. What are the foundational elements to your approach to PR? Honestly, I know I've referred to this a couple of times already, but the experience and the opportunity and responsibility of helping bringing Starbucks to market back in the 90s was a gift, really, uh, for both Jill and me and, and everyone who worked with us on that account. There were 25 of us working on the Starbucks account when I sold the company. I mean, there's no doubt that Howard Schultz is a marketing genius. Um, there are just few people who are as good as he is at branding. And we kind of worshiped at his feet and learned from him and his team. And that experience informs every single thing we do at, the, at JS2PR. And it's really a great differentiator for us as well. We always, always start a new client relationship by asking ourselves about their USP, their unique selling proposition, and what makes them different, what's special, and really that's the core. And for those who want to get a little deeper for our new clients, we offer a branding exercise, which really allows us to develop a lexicon that we use as a touchstone to inform all of our PR and social marketing strategies. And then we measure everything against that touchstone as we move along. Um, you know, it's really that simple. And once you discover the essence of that restaurant's brand, you can tell those stories and reach the audience. It, it, it informs our pitching and, you know, really helps us develop those tools to build a solid platform that we can start building on from, from the very first day. Very cool. Jill, anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really about finding the tiny stories or the aha moment with each of our clients. Um, it's one of the important things that we can do in our PR relationship. The, the media, particularly the food media in Los Angeles, they're, they're incredibly demanding and jaded as this city is so populated with fantastic restaurants, food products, and food personalities. So getting the story, or the ink as we say, it's extremely challenging and competitive. So it's up to us to peel that onion back and find that one thing, that one story that personalizes, epitomizes, and crystallizes the essence of each chef restaurant concept or product. The one thing that gets the heads nodding or touches the heart. I always say, look for the love, look for the passion, as that's where the stories lie. Well, you specialize in storytelling, but today's climate makes that difficult. Can you think of another yeah. time that you found yourself in that position? This time, this what we're going through right now reminds me so much as it has many people of what we all went through after 9-11. Jill and I had just started the firm three weeks before 9-11. And, you know, we really had to quickly, you know, learn how to tack and do our jobs. Um, and back then, just like now, everyone realized uh, that we were all in it together, that we were all suffering, and in many ways the world was in mourning. At the same time, we still had a job to do, right? And we had responsibilities to meet. Um, and we realized that telling stories during a crisis is a really tricky proposition. You need to be authentic and respectful, and you really just need to shy away from that sort of icky PR promotional tone, right? So striking the right balance is key. 
you know, at first being sensitive to understanding the difference between information and promotion. And what I've noticed right now is that things are moving at lightning speed. I don't think we've ever had so many initiatives in such a relatively short period of time. In the past six, seven, eight weeks, um, our strategies for our clients have evolved from being at first very strictly informational PR, you know, what safety precautions our clients are taking and segueing into, you know, who's open, who's delivering, who's providing takeout, and then dipping our toes in the well of individual stories. And um, that was just a few weeks ago, trying to connect our clients' um, reinvention with the media and telling those stories uh, through PR. Um, and the stories of ingenuity and how they're being implemented. And then the third phase was and continues to be more on the human interest side. You know, how are the restaurants supporting the communities that they're doing business in? How are they giving back? And now phase four, um, which is something we've been thinking through the, uh, the entire time, is, you know, how we're going to communicate each restaurant's reopening. And that's an individual strategy for every client. So... It's really interesting, and it very much reminds me of, you know, what we went through back then. Well, and Jill, a question for you specifically. What kind of stories are you telling for your clients now in this moment? Well, the stories that we're telling now, as Jeff begun, begun to dip into, we're, we're telling individual stories of tenacity, compassion, and survival. So we're telling real stories, and we're telling them very simply without it because this is definitely not a time for bravado or gratuity. We caution our clients not to oversell or to be insensitive to the very real horror of this terrible pandemic. So we find those really beautiful stories that resonate with both the media and their readers and our followers. So several stories that, we, um, that we've been working with that have garnered a great deal of coverage because they are so real and so touching. Um, one of them is um, Sandy Han and Jim and Kim. They own Saikai Ramen Bar in Koreatown. Um, they cooked up all the remaining inventory in their kitchen, and they distributed the most delicious ramen to the local fire and police stations. Obviously, it was amazing and, and very moving. Um, owners, um, Robert and Danny Cronfley, um, and their chef partner, Lior Hillel, they transformed their three Bakery restaurant locations into neighborhood markets to service the communities in which they do business. Amazing, right? That's dope. So, so smart. The third street location was closed by the city because it actually wasn't permitted, permitted to be a grocery store. But the peer that ensued really helped to spotlight the problem and instigate a change in policy that allowed Bakery on 3rd to reopen and continue selling groceries in addition to prepared foods. And there was a huge discussion in the media about that, about what we need in this time. We need local neighborhood stores. Um, another story that really resonated was um, the dog bakery at our client, the original farmer's market. They loaded up all this dog food into their van and they delivered it for free in order to give back to the community, which is amazing. And we were able to procure several broadcast segments that perfectly communicated their beautiful and generous story. And, and finally, um, the Pasta Sisters, it, 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 a wonderful, wonderful story of an Italian family. They, you know, they all uh, came you know, to Los Angeles from Italy at different times, one 11 years ago, one eight years ago, one uh, nine years ago. And always they put the health and safety of their employees first. 
So rather than letting everyone go or furloughing people, they found other jobs for their employees so they could continue to stay on payroll and receive health benefits. And of course, these stories are going to resonate because they're so wonderful and they come from the heart. Well, and I think it's so important to get that information out there. People need to see how resilient we are as an industry, you know? Absolutely. What, can, what could our listeners do to prepare for their restaurants reopening? Is there any direct advice that you would offer? Well, <laughs> it's really difficult to predict what the next several months will look like. Yeah. I mean, everything's changing so quickly. And Absolutely. a lot of a lot of our work is going to reflect the day-to-day -day information and timelines that we receive from the mayor and the governor. That said, the first thing that needs to be determined is the how and why for each of our clients. I mean, Jeff already touched on this uh, briefly. What's, what's their overall objective in this moment? And that's going to be different for every one of our clients. So for instance, we have several clients right now that are in launch mode. Now what? The question is, when do they open? And what does an opening look like in a post-quarantine world? Mm -hmm. We're all going to need to be very sensitive to the mood of the media and of the consumer, right? So fear, which is, is a terrifying thing, right? It's, it's pervasive. Yeah. And it makes people act in ways that are new to us. So what is the new normal? How do we bring people back together in a confined space without terrifying everyone? I'm going to say that PR will be tricky and extremely nuanced. We will need to communicate with our clients in ways that we never have before. We will need to listen and communicate with even more sensitivity. I say less bravado and salesmanship and even more storytelling. The more yeah. personal, the better. Is there anything restaurateurs or chefs can do to get more media coverage, considering how competitive the landscape is now? Um, I would say... Um, right now, what's getting coverage, as we discussed, are, storage, are stories of courage, compassion, and creativity. So that's what we're going to push our clients towards. Um, we always say that we have to be on trend or in the news cycle. And because the hospitality industry is one of the hardest hit sectors, the hospitality industry will be very much in the news cycle, which is both an opportunity and a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. So it's imperative for us to continue to find the most compelling stories and communicate them in the most compelling way. Again, it's even more about skillful storytelling at this point. And, you know, as we discussed earlier, less promotion, more heart and soul. Right on. Any predictions as to what the general public is going to want from us post-pandemic? Uh, I believe that Angelinos cannot wait to go back to their favorite bars and restaurants and shop at their favorite bakeries, cheese shops, wine shops, etc. So I know for myself and for everyone that I've chatted with that everyone will be looking and longing for connection on some level or another. That said, I think that habits will have changed in the short term and honestly, maybe ultimately in the long term as well. So I believe that customers will want to escape the environment in which they've been stuck for so long and will want to share a cocktail and a meal with their friends um, and their loved ones, but they will be wary of how they do this. So I would say that they will be looking for places and experiences that do what they crave in the best possible way. So that means the perfect bowl of ramen, the most succulent dim sum, irresistible fried chicken, the freshest sushi, a perfect bowl of pasta, mm -hmm. the ultimate pizza, a breathtaking martini. You get the gist, right? Yeah, oh yeah. 
So the post-quarantine consumer will be choosing their dining and drinking experiences with care, and their expectations will be higher than ever before. So operators will want to pay special attention to service and attitude as we are all craving kindness and togetherness. So again, I would recommend to all of our clients, less is more. They should trim their menus and maybe even their hours, but provide the best possible product, experience, and service to the restaurant-deprived consumer. You're both business owners. Your business relies on the hospitality industry. How are you doing? How are you holding up? You know, there's no question the world is a completely different place than it was when we started 2020, just three and a half months ago, and entered a new decade, right? Um, we've been in business for 19 years, and we thought we'd seen it all. We were so wrong, obviously. And like everyone else, we've been forced to, you know, reimagine almost every aspect of how we approach our business, from the way we communicate with our team to how we take care of our clients' brands and ensure that they stay in the news cycle, you know, which for them can make a real difference between success and failure. And sure. like everyone else in the restaurant community, you know, our, our business has taken a significant blow. There's no question about it. We represent restaurants and food products, and we've lost a lot of business, and we've had to navigate those rough waters of loan applications, which, let me tell you, is a full-time job on its own. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, we focus deeply on our role as employers to, you know, our amazing team who expect and really deserve even more of our time and support, being there for them, giving the tools they need to be successful and just listening to them. They're smart. They're resilient. I'm so proud of them. Um, you know, but as an agency, our primary focus is on our clients. Those that are still paying their monthly retainers, God bless them. <laughs> and those who simply, you know, can't afford us right now, but who need us, uh, we've been there for them as well. We believe in them. We're, you know, we're cheering for them, and we know that it's difficult as all of this is for everyone. It's also an incredible opportunity to get even better at what we do. And for me, I'm determined that years from now, I'm going to be able to look back on this time of uncertainty and fear and ask myself if I truly rose to the challenge and made a difference. And I know the answer will be yes. And that's the vow I made to myself and I intend to live up to it. That's Jeff Smith and Jill Sanden of JS2PR. If you need help telling your story, be sure to check out JS2PR.com for inspiration and guidance. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, check out our video content or read our weekly blog, go to joshkopel.com. That's J-O-S-H-K-O-P-E-L dot com. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.